Welcome to Kingdom.Think, where we are reading the Bible in one year, and we are in Revelations 19. There's only 22 chapters in the book of Revelations, and we're in chapter 19, so it's kind of hard to jump in the middle of Revelations. So I suggest you start at chapter 1, so you can kind of feel the buildup, see it in your mind, and not be afraid by um, some of these chapters. So here we are in chapter 18. It's a long one, so I'm going to just read it so that this episode doesn't become too, too long. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven. He had a great authority. He had great authority, and the earth was illuminated by his splendor. With a mighty voice, he shouted, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling for demons and a haunt for every impure spirit a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable animal. For all the nations have drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries. The kings of the earth committed adultery with her, and the merchants of the earth grew rich from her excessive luxuries. Nobody really knows who... I mean, sure, you can just say this is the original Babylon. Some say it, no, it's symbolic for other great nations that rise and fall. Others make a correlation to common day nations, like we spoke about in the previous chapter. Some people have said um, that the United States is that Babylon. So you may not know, but you can wrestle with those questions and it's totally okay. Verse four, um, this is the warning. So now we're going to get into the warning for people to leave Babylon, escape this evil. You don't have to leave physically, but, you know, because why does everyone have to run away? But turn from the ways of this evil Babylon. Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins, so that you will not receive any of her plagues. For her sins are piled up to heaven, and God has remembered her crimes. Give back to her as she has given. Pay her back double for what she has done. Pour her a double portion from her own cup. Give her as much torment and grief as the glory and luxury she gave herself. In her heart boasts, I sit enthroned as queen. I am not a widow. I will never mourn. Therefore, in one day, her plagues will overtake her. Death, mourning, and famine. She will be consumed by fire. For mighty is the Lord who judges her. So you're going to wrestle with who is her? Yeah, you're going to wrestle with who is the her? And that's okay. Um, when... When the kings of the earth who committed adultery with her and shared her luxury see the smoke of her burning, they will weep and mourn over her, terrified at her torment. They will stand far off and cry, Woe, woe to you, great city, you mighty city of Babylon. In one hour your doom has come. The merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because no one buys her cargoes anymore. Cargoes of gold, silver, precious stones, and pearls fine linen, purple silk, and scarlet cloth, every sort of citron wood and articles of every kind made of ivory, costly wood, bronze, iron, and marble, cargoes of cinnamon and spices, of incense, myrrh, frankincense, of wine and olive oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and carriages, and human beings sold as slaves. They will say, 
The fruit you long for is gone from you. All your luxury and splendor has vanished, never to be recovered. The merchants who sold these things and gained their wealth from her will stand far off, terrified at her torment. They will weep and mourn and cry out, Woe, woe to you, great city, dressed in the fine linen, purple and scarlet, and glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. In one hour, such a great wealth has been brought to ruin. Every sea captain and all who travel by ship and sailors and all who earn their living from the sea will stand far off. When they see the smoke of her burning, they will exclaim, Was there ever a city like this great city? They will throw dust on their heads and with weeping and mourning cry out, Woe, woe to you, great city, where all who had ships on the sea become became rich through you, her wealth. In one hour she has been brought to ruin. Rejoice over her, you heavens. Rejoice, you people of God. Rejoice, apostles and prophets, for God has judged her with the judgment she imposed on you. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the final destruction and doom of Babylon. Then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a large millstone and threw it into the sea and said, With such violence, the great city of Babylon will be thrown down, never to be found again. The music of harpists and musicians, pipers and trumpeters will never be heard in you again. No worker of any trade will ever be found in you again. The sound of a millstone will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The voice of a bridegroom and a bride will never be heard in you again. Your merchants were the world's important people. By your magic spell, all the nations were led astray. In her was found the blood of prophets and of God's holy people, of all who have been slaughtered on the earth. You can wrestle with what you think and who you think this Babylon is. What we know is Babylon will fall and then there'll be a new city. So as much as we think destruction is the end forever, well, we know that God wins. So even though we're reading all this destruction, it's not for God's people. That's why there's so many like missionaries out there trying to save people from this destruction. They're so um, compelled to save souls. That's their calling. And it's interesting because the prophet Isaiah is doing the exact same thing. There's an amazing correlation between what we're reading in Revelations and what the prophet Isaiah is saying. It's so funny because sometimes we read the New Testament and it's like theory and then we see it unfold in the Old Testament. This time I feel like we're reading theory warnings in the book of Isaiah and we're seeing it unfold in the book of Revelations. So crazy. Amazing, amazing how how that happens. I'm telling you it's crazy. Um because there's no way this that that I would be reading these two books at the same time and yet they're actually referencing each other. Amazing. Okay, so here we are. Um the judgment on Jerusalem and Judah. That's what we're going to be kind of talking about in the, chapter 3 of Isaiah. See now the Lord 
the Lord Almighty is about to take from Jerusalem and Judah both supply and support, all supplies of food and supplies of water, the hero and the warrior, the judge and the prophet, the divine and the elders, the captain and the fifth, the fifty, the captain of fifty, and the man of rank, the counselor, skilled craftsman. Okay. So he's talking about wrath is going to happen on Judah and Jerusalem. People will oppress each other. So he's talking about what's going to happen in the last days. People will oppress each other, man against man, neighbor against neighbor. The young will rise up against the old and nobody against the honored. A man will seize one of his brothers in his father's house and say, you have a cloak. You be our leader. Take charge of this heap of ruins. But in that day, he will cry out, I have no remedy. I have no food, no clothing. Okay, so he's like, no way. I don't want to be the leader. Um, verse 9, they look on the faces, testify against them. They parade their sin like Sodom. They do not hide it. Isn't that happening now? Sin used to be so hidden. Now it's so blatant. It's, it's out there. People are sinning and they're showing it. You know, you have, um, you have these, uh, what do you call those men that dress up like women? Um, I forgot what they're called. Drag queens. They have these drag queens going to children's libraries to tell them children's stories. Okay, if that's not sin, right out in the open, they have these strip shows from these drag queens going to children's like events. And parents are sitting there letting their children watch this. Blatant, right in front of us. That, my friends, is sin to the max. So we're seeing it. I mean, if, you just, if we just stop and listen to the music that we're singing, the music that we're listening to, Oh my gosh, it's straight up trying to brainwash us. It's straight up right in our face. Tell the righteous it will, okay, so they have brought disaster upon themselves. Tell the righteous it will be well with them, for they will enjoy the fruit of their deeds. Woe to the wicked, disaster is upon them. They will be paid back for what their hands have done. Youth oppress my people, women rule over them. My people are guides. My people, your guides lead you astray. They turn you from the path. My people, your guides lead you astray. They turn you from the path. We know the path is God's way. They're turning you. The Lord takes his place in court. He rises to judge the people. The Lord enters into judgment against the elders and the leaders of his people. It is you have who have ruined my vineyard. The plunders from the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people and grinding the faces of the poor? Declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, okay. So yeah, he's basically telling them, warning them, warning them, warning them. So it makes sense that they would turn away. Um, and then in chapter four, there's hope. And chapter four is a very short chapter. And there's hope. Um, okay, there's a small section at the beginning of chapter four that's not hope. And then verse two throughout the, through verse six is hope. But read this. Listen to this. In the day, seven women will take hold of one man and say, 
We will eat your, our own food and provide our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Take away our disgrace. Well, we know that widows struggled. They were, they were looked down upon in culture back then. But how could that relate to today? I don't know. You can wrestle with that. My brain is going in a lot of different directions. You can play with that one piece right there. But I'll move on. Verse 2. In that day, the branch, and the branch from my Bible is capitalized. The B is capitalized. In that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of the survivors in Israel. Those who are left in Zion will remain in Jerusalem, will be called holy, and who are recorded among the living in Jerusalem. The Lord will wash away the filth of the women of Zion, who he will cleanse the blood stains from Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. Then the Lord will create over all of Mount Zion and over those who assemble there a cloud of smoke by day and a glow of flaming fire by night. Over everything, the glory will be a canopy. It will be a shelter and shade from the heat of the day and the refuge and hiding place from the storm and rain. Wow. Okay, so one could say, okay, this is talking about end times. They're talking about when there's a new Jerusalem. Yes. Or some will say, no, this is current day. This is all in the spirit realm. So, you know, God will be like when you're saved and you pray and you connect with God daily, he's like a canopy that'll guide you through the darkness of this world, even in your everyday life today. Yes. Or no, it's just a historical reference that Isaiah is making to the, to the olden cultures. Yes. It's all of that. It's for today. It's for the future. It's for the past. And that's what's so amazing about the Bible. The Bible is timeless. What is it that I always hear the pastor talking about? Kairos and Kronos time? Kronos being chronological time? Yes, the Bible does that. Yes. I think it's called Kairos. Kairos time is when it's timely for you in that moment. And the Bible does that as well. So you can see the two sides. And I think I didn't understand that before when I read the book of Isaiah. Am I reading it chronological? Am I reading it mystical? What am I doing here? It can be both at the same time. It can be for me in this moment. It could be for others in this moment. It could be for the history. It could speak in the spirit about the spirit and it can speak in the reality in this reality i'm telling you the book of isaiah is just going to rock your world if you want to grow in wisdom then take your time as you're reading the book of, of isaiah just really let it sink in because even this short chapter of chapter four it could speak in so many ways okay my friends this was chapter three Oh my gosh, this particular journal entry that I'm reading says that I have to read chapter five as well. It says three to five and Revelations 18. We did 18. Okay. Well, well, you know what's interesting? I kind of already read chapter five. 
<laughs> a little bit because it was like dark, dark, dark. And then we shifted gears to some hope at the end of chapter four. Well, chapter five is actually more hope. It's so it's a continuation. It says, I will. So it's, it's like a song. I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of stones and planted it with the choices vines and he built a watchtower in it and cut out the wine press as well then he looked for a crop of good grapes but it yielded only bad fruit i think he's talking creation now you dwellers in jerusalem and people of judah judge between me and my vineyard what more could have been done for my vineyard that i have done for it when i looked for good grapes why did it yield only bad now i will tell you what, can you imagine what God felt like? Can you imagine? He's like, what more could I have done? I've given you guys everything. I guess he could have created man to not have pride, to not have anger, to not have jealousy. That would have been nice. I don't know what the world would have been like. Maybe we, maybe it's the challenges of life that um, that give us life. Maybe God wanted his people to choose to serve him. Maybe he didn't want us to be a bunch of puppets. God wanted his people to choose to love him. You can't choose something if there's not two things to choose from. Isn't that wild? The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel. That is chapter, verse 7 of chapter 5. Now, the bottom of chapter 5, which Chapter five is long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you do need to go back and read it. Um, I'm just going to jump down to verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Are we not doing that today? (laughs) Woe to those who call evil good and good evil and put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and champions at mixing drinks. Oh my gosh. Wow. Who, I mean, I say that because it's like, wow, that's common day. That's now. Who acquire the guilty for a bribe, but deny justice to the innocent. Yes, yes, and 100% yes. Therefore, as tongues of fire lick up straw and dry grass sinks down to the flames, so their roots will decay and their flowers blow away like dust. For they have rejected the law of the Lord Almighty and spurned the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, the Lord's anger burns against his people. His hand is raised and he strikes them down. The mountain shakes and the dead bodies are like refuse in the street. Yet all this, his anger is not turned away. His hand is still upraised. He lifts up a banner for the distant nations. He whistles for those at the ends of the earth. So God is still calling his people. He has boundless love for his people. Here they come swiftly and speedily. Not one of them grows tired or stumbles. Not one slumbers or sleeps. Not a belt is loosened at the waist. Not a sandal strap strap is broken. Their arrows are sharp and their bows are strong. Okay, so if these are God's people, let's just say they are swift. They do not stumble. 
they they have arrows that are sharp and their bows are strung so clearly god's people are warriors look at they're swift and speedy they they don't grow weary and get tired um they have arrows that are sharp their horses hooves seem like flint they're okay so they're warriors Their roar is like that of a lion. Their roar, like young lions, they growl as the seas they seize. They growl as they seize their prey and carry it off with no one to rescue. In that day, they will roar over it like the roaring of the sea. And if one looks at the land, there is only darkness and distress. Even the sun will be darkened by clouds. So beautiful. Okay, my friends, Uh, we actually did three chapters of the Old Testament. I guess it's an attempt to finish the Old Testament by the end of the year. So that was Isaiah 3 to 5 and Revelations 18. Oh my goodness, these are long episodes. All right, my friends, have a great day and I talk to you soon.